Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Friday, April 28th, 2023. I'm Mike Kachopoli. All right, here we are. It's a Friday night. We've made it through the week. We've made it through. Is anyone working anymore? Is anyone actually going to work? Or is everyone still either not working or working from home? I can't tell. But in normal days, let's let's pretend let's pretend we live in normal world. And I'd say, okay, TGIF, right? Thank God it's Friday. But I know that even people who seem to be working are not working on Fridays, or they're working from home on Fridays. Because I know this because I, I go to a gym in the financial district here in San Francisco. And I noticed that Monday through Thursday, it's kind of busy. I mean, it's not busy the way it was four years ago, but it's kind of busy. And on Friday, no one's there. So that's my assumption is that people are not working on Friday or they're working from home, at least on Friday. That's the way I, I'm, I'm sure it is. But um, for those of you who are working Again, congratulations, because we need more people to get back to work. I mean, really, there just are not enough people going back to work. People got lazy during COVID. They got out of the routine. And that's not uh, a rare thing to get out of a routine. When you have a certain routine in life, once you stop it or do something else, it's, it's tough to get back again. And so a lot of people who just didn't go to work anymore or started working from home got into habit. And it wasn't like it was just a week or a month. It was years, right? It was for some people, it was two or three years. So it's tough to get back into a the routine, the old routine again. But I think people need to understand that it's better for society if we go back to the old ways. Right? If we don't go back to the old ways, eventually, we're going to have real problems here, real fissures in the structure of this country. So at some point, people need to you know, get get back to work, get back to work. And then once again, you can have that feeling. That's a great feeling to say, you know, TGIF. This is a, trust me, this is that's a great feeling to know you've gone through a week and it makes the weekend more pleasurable. I think when you're working five days a week, it makes the weekend much more pleasurable. You, appre <clears throat> you appreciate it more than when you're not doing anything, right? The weekends don't really mean anything when you're not doing anything Monday through Friday. When you're doing something Monday through Friday, and it's a real routine, like I have here, reminding you this show airs Monday through Friday nights. When you have the weekend off, it feels better. It's like, oh, wow, I can relax for the weekend. I don't have to worry about, in my case, the news stories or the current events or being on top of everything, having things prepared to talk about. So no matter what job you do, it's so much better when you have that weekend off when you work five days a week it's a more of a feeling of accomplishment and a feeling of you really are taking a break a vacation from work on the weekend so we need to get back into that routine again we really do but it's not the weekend yet it's still the week it's friday night and while it's friday night and many people are out having fun because for some people the weekend has started right for some people, by Friday, 5, 6 p.m., the weekend's over, and they're having fun. For me, no, I have a show 
on 11, at 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern on Friday night. So we still have some things to talk about before we can enjoy the weekend. And uh, there's a lot of stuff on the plate here, and I don't want to bury the lead, but I wouldn't say there's any real lead to bury today. There's no major story, right? Nothing really major has happened in the last couple of weeks. We have to say this is the story. This is the story we must all cover. We must cover this story nonstop. No, there's nothing like that. There's a lot of things happening, right? There's a presidential campaign that is starting to get rolling. There are rumors of when Ron DeSantis is going to get in. Um, and then basically most feel that once he's in, it's kind of a complete picture, right? It's going to be basically an RFK Biden story on the on the Democratic side and a, and a DeSantis Trump story on the on the Republican side. And there'll be other players, I know. There are other candidates, as Marianne Williamson, other people might get in. You know, there's uh, Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy and uh, Perry Johnson, that uh, business guy. So, but, you know, look, let's face it. If any of those people emerge as the winners, I'll eat my cell phone. I won't be able to do the show anymore. I'll actually eat my iPhone. Okay. So it's basically going to be an RFK Biden thing and a Trump DeSantis thing. So. Those, if you will, in sports terms, those will be the final four. Those will be the those will be the final four, two from each party, and so we're waiting for Ron DeSantis to get in to complete this picture. And uh, I was thinking today, you know, I'm not a very patient guy. I'm not. I'm not the 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 part of me that's not patient, which is ninety nine percent of me, wants Ron DeSantis in now. Okay. But I understand what he's doing, and what he's doing actually makes a lot of sense because what's he doing? We're talking about him constantly, right? We're constantly talking about, oh, when is Ron DeSantis going to get in? He's building and building and building and building, and when he finally gets in, it's going to be like a major day, right? The guy who people have been talking about for months and months, it's going to be like a big thing. Unlike Trump's low-energy, low-energy announcement, which seems like years ago. It seems like Trump announced years ago that he was running for president. And remember how low-energy it was? According to him, according to his standards, his announcement was very low-energy. But the DeSantis one is going to be a big build-up into this day when he finally announces. And I'm sure it's going to be like a big event. And that's very smart. That's very smart, because in a way, Trump's going to become yesterday's news. The guy, oh, yeah, this guy announced eight months ago, no one gave a shit. And now when Ron DeSantis comes in, he's going to get all this momentum from people like me talking about it every fucking day for months. So I think that's part of the calculation. Some people say it will happen between the second week of May and the beginning of June. That seems to be. And that makes sense to me. I, I said May, June a long time ago. So we're going to look between the second week of May and the beginning of June for Ron DeSantis to get in. OK, which is big because I think, well, he might get in before I might be in Florida. I'm hoping to be in Florida, either the like late May, beginning of June, like probably going after Labor Day weekend. And even if he has either just announced or maybe he'll announce while I'm there, how big will that be? If Ron DeSantis announces running for president while I happen to be in Florida, that would be amazing. I'll do a show from Florida if that happens. I might do shows anyway from Florida, but uh, that could be a big deal. So I think he's really building this up well. I really do. I think DeSantis is building it up purposely 
for that reason. On top of wanting to have all these legislative um, achievements in Florida. And let me tell you, Florida legislator is kicking ass with their legislation. It's one great piece of legislation after another. One great piece after another. They passed something today. Well, we know they've already passed bills to protect minors, okay? But they passed a bill today to lower the long gun purchase age to 18. So the long gun purchase age was 21. Now it's 18. And that passed 6936 easily through the, through the Florida House. So under the bill, a person who's 18 or older, who's not otherwise prohibited from purchasing a firearm, may purchase a long gun from either a federal firearms licensee or a private seller. So this gives sportsmen, hunters, outdoorsmen, and those that have the need to protect themselves in their own dwelling, protect their family, the opportunity to protect themselves. Of course, of course, the liberals will go crazy. The Democrats will go crazy about this. Oh, my God, we should be raising the game. We, we, we hear the, the senile president talking about how raising the age to 21 and so on and so forth. But what's interesting about Democrats, there was another video on Twitter today, which showed a 13-year-old, 13-year-old. Everyone thought this was a 13-year-old girl, but it's actually, upon further review, it's a 13-year-old boy pretending to be a girl in leather doing like a, a strip show kind of dance on a runway in front of adults. So, well, this is the Democrat logic. 13-year-olds attending drag shows or doing drag show doing striptease shows in leather sexual incredibly sexually provocative dances for adults that's fine but if an 18 year old wants to protect themselves okay and uh, uh exercise their second amendment rights that is totally insane oh my god the right is totally insane so extreme maga maga king maga gaga king oh my god this is how insane the left is. It really is. It's how insane the left is that they truly believe that 13-year-olds should be able to do strip tease dances for adults, but 18-year-olds shouldn't be able to protect themselves in this ever-growingly violent world. And of course they should be able to protect themselves. And remember, remember, little liberal, if you're listening, little liberal, little liberal, Someone who is any age will be able to get a gun if they want. So no law is really going to prevent anyone from getting guns. We've seen that because we've seen laws up the wazoo in Democrat-run cities, federal laws regarding guns, and they still get guns if they want to because no law is going to prevent a criminal, ma a criminal from getting a gun. There's no such law. There's no such law that's going to make the criminal go up Oh, too bad. I was going to be a criminal. Now, I guess I can't. But the left actually thinks that's true. They actually think that's true. All the laws will do, and we can talk, I can talk about this till I'm blue in the face. All these laws do is prevent law-abiding citizens from being able to get guns in order to protect themselves from the criminals who will get guns no matter how many gun laws there are. So Florida continues to do the right thing. They continue to do the common sense thing in their legislation, all right? 
so over and over again, it's win after win after win for Ron DeSantis. And I think this is also a big reason why he has waited. He wants to have all of these victories to say, look at what I have just done. Look at what I have just accomplished. Look at all these things I get done in such a short period of time. If, if two things happen, one, you elect me to the uh, executive office and you give me a legislature or therefore a Congress that will get these things done. If you give me those two things, if you elect me as the voters of Florida did overwhelmingly by a million and a half votes, and you give me a legislative body that's on my side, look at how we can get things done. In other words, elect me president next year and give me a Republican House and Senate, and we'll get things done just like I just got done in Florida like two minutes ago. That's what he's doing. And I guarantee you, when he officially announces in May or June, the, there'll be a big video, and the big video he's going to release will show all of these things they just did in Florida. No doubt about it. That'll be the it'll be the whole rundown of everything they've done in Florida. So, and that will be the Florida blueprint, if you will, for the rest of the country. That's what he's going to do. That's exactly what he's going to do. You know, it's funny. There's a video going around of about maybe three years ago of Trump having DeSantis in the Oval Office. And he's sitting, you know, those chairs they have and they sit next to the president, sits next to someone and they talk and the media ask questions. And all Trump could do was praise how great Ron DeSantis is. So just three years ago, when he's governor, he's praising how great of a governor Ron DeSantis is and what great shape Florida's in. Now, all of a sudden, Trump is talking about how awful Ron DeSantis is and what a shitty governor he is. Now, what, is, what has changed? Not the policy, because the policies that, uh, that Ron DeSantis is enacting in Florida are conservative Republican policies. So Trump should be for them, right? Because Trump touts how a great conservative Republican he is. So these should be all things that Trump continues to like about Ron DeSantis. But we know it's not policy that's changed. It's not Ron DeSantis that's changed. What's changed is that Ron DeSantis dare, dare run against the orange man, the crazy orange man with the UG go. How dare he? How dare he? And just simply saying he might, remember, it's not even official yet, just simply saying he might do this has made Trump into his usual petulant child. And he's, his, his campaign is so poorly run. It's such a shitty run campaign that you're trying to fool Republicans into believing that Ron DeSantis is a shitty governor when Trump has praised him all the time and everyone in Florida loves him and all Republicans around the country know what a good governor he is. But that's all they've been able to talk about for the last three years. So once again, Donald Trump, instead of just touting his own achievements, as you will see Ron DeSantis do, he's creating this weird, bizarre universe where all of a sudden the guy he said was the best governor in the, in the world is now the worst governor in the world. OK, and telling all these Republicans who love him, no, you shouldn't love him. <laughs> you shouldn't love him. Here's why. Because he's running against me. That's why you shouldn't love him. So it's so idiotic. It's such an idiotic campaign strategy. It certainly is. You go after the people who 
are in your base, people they don't like. Sure, go after Joe Biden. The people in Trump's base don't like Joe Biden. But the people in Trump's base like DeSantis. They like DeSantis. Many of them live in Florida. Many of them moved to Florida. So it's so dumb to have this ridiculous campaign strategy, this ridiculous campaign strategy where you're saying, oh, the person, the governor you have loved all along is now horrible. And I say he's horrible. Why? Because he dare run against me. He dare run against the great Donald Trump. How dare he? How dare? Remember, Ron DeSantis has never lost an election. Donald Trump has lost an election two years ago to the same guy he'd have to run again this time by 7 million votes, one of the biggest popular vote wins in a long time since what, McCain-Obama in 08? So the guy is a loser, Trump. He's a loser. All of his candidates last November lost. All of his candidates lost. Everyone he touched lost. So the guy's a loser. His candidates are losers. And Ron DeSantis is a winner. And so this is basically what the campaign is going to be about. And I and proving this is a video that the Never Back Down campaign, their, the uh, Never Back Down PAC, the Ron DeSantis PAC, uh, put up an ad calling. It's called Winner. And it's about what a winner Ron DeSantis is. And that's really going to be the focus, I believe, is that you're looking at a guy in Trump who just lost to Biden. Remember, Trump lost by 7 million votes to a guy everyone Republicans know is an old, demented, senile fool who needs cheat sheets in order to take a question from a reporter who doesn't remember what country he visited a week ago. This is the guy that Donald Trump lost to by 7 million votes. And this guy got the most votes, 81 million, that a, that a presidential candidate has ever gotten in the history of this country running against Donald Trump. So why would you trust Donald Trump to beat him this time? It makes zero sense. It makes zero sense. So that's going to be the whole campaign strategy for Ron DeSantis. And it'll work. Just a matter of him getting things rolling, you know, and then there are the debates and there's so far to go. It's, it, I, I have to laugh when these, you know, Trump shills on Fox News uh, run these and all, also these Trump shills on uh, CNN, MSNBC who want him to win because they know he's the weaker candidate against Biden run these ridiculous national polls. First of all, national polls are dumb no matter when you run them because they're the, the, the primaries are state by state. They're not national. It's not in the national election. Proof of that is that it's state by state and it takes forever because it's one state at a time. So it's a state by state race, not a national race. And yet they still run these ridiculously pointless national polls instead of running state by state polls. And also, all polls this far in advance are ridiculous, but the national ones are the worst. The national polls are meaningless no matter when you run them because it's a state-by-state election. And everyone knows who's been through this a million fucking times that the first three or four states can totally change the narrative. One state can change the narrative. Remember, Bernie Sanders won Iowa, New Hampshire, and Nevada, had a huge head of steam. Then he lost South Carolina, and that was basically – it wasn't even the beginning of the end for him. It was the end for him. So that one state, South Carolina, changed everything. So we know how as these state elections go, things can change 
from one state to the next. So enough with the national polls. It's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. But they'll play them because, you know, there are a lot of people on Fox who want to make it look like Trump has it in the bag because they're in his camp. And there are people at the uh, the left wing networks who certainly would rather see Trump as the nominee than DeSantis because the polls show that Trump is losing to Biden and DeSantis is defeating Biden. Let's remember this. Vlad, I'll get to you in one second. I know I'm talking a lot. But the polls, think about this. Joe Biden's latest approval number is 37. 37 is abysmal and it's the lowest of his presidency. All right. And yet with that incredibly low 37 percent approval, where 59, so the disapproval is almost at 60 now. Is that 59? Even with those horrific numbers of 22 points below water, he's defeating Trump in polls. That's how bad of a candidate Donald Trump is. And that's what the Democrats and the Biden administration are doing. They're putting all of their marbles into Trump being the nominee. They know that their candidate is brain addled. They know he'll be 82 if he's elected. They know his approvals are incredibly low, but they truly believe and they have every right to believe it, that if the nominee is Donald Trump, he'll win anyway. Biden will win anyway. And they, once again, are hoping and will do everything they can and they'll make sure their friends in the media do everything they can to make sure Donald Trump wins, to give him the edge. Because they know Biden, no matter how bad his approval is, he can beat Donald Trump. He couldn't beat anybody else, I don't think. He certainly can't beat Ron DeSantis. But he can beat Donald Trump no matter how bad things are. He could start drooling. He could stop having the ability to speak. And he'd still have a good shot at beating Donald Trump. And the Democrats and the DNC know that hey vlad you're on when tonight how you, how you doing mate? good hey, uh, no I, I was gonna tell you what do you what do you think of what ron DeSantis is doing with basically demolishing disney the disney's government isn't that isn't, doesn't that make him look good what he's done with the really creek uh, improvement um, district and, and the way he's basically he, he took he took their superpowers away, right? He gave them. The, Ron DeSantis was basically the kryptonite to 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 the superpowers of, of Disney, and he brought them down. Yeah, Vlad, I'm glad. You have, you have weird feedback or something. Okay. So, so I'm, I, I'm thinking I'm thinking that that these things are good. These are the the improvement. I'm not saying that that was the only thing that DeSantis did. No. What I'm saying is, why aren't they working on that? It's like, you know, all these companies that have gone woke. You remember what happened to Bud Light, uh, Bud Light last month? This month, actually, earlier. Yeah, of this course, month? yeah, yeah. And now yeah. they're they're paying for it, and now they want to come up with. They've been trying to reinvent the wheel, but they they're losing every day millions, millions. Okay, you go woke, you go broke, and like and like Daniel said, it's no joke. It's well, very true. I yeah? think the thing with Disney is important simply because of this. They basically had their own government. In other words, as DeSantis made clear, they had advantages that all the other corporations didn't have, including SeaWorld and all the other big corporations and companies in Florida. So Six Flags, all that stuff. So they had their own, basically had their own government, okay? Like, Like the Vatican. And that's not right. It should never have happened. And I don't care if Ron DeSantis allowed it to happen or the governor before him, but it seems to have been that way for the last like half century. 
and uh, I, it, it's not fair. It's simply not fair. So here's the thing, though. Disney was getting away with it because they were flying under the radar. They weren't they weren't being assholes. They weren't like they weren't like saying to everyone, look at us, look how important we are. Then they tried to get into the political game, right? Exactly. Where they started going after DeSantis and lying about the don't say gay bill, which it never right. called. Oh, you know, all those lies they told about basically DeSantis wanting to protect children from groomers and such. And so the fact of the matter is, that's where they made the mistake. If you know you're getting away with bloody murder, right? Okay. Hey, let's say you're you're cheating the IRS. You're a big corporation. You know you're getting away with cheating the IRS. You don't start spitting in the face of the IRS. So the IRS says, oh, uh, let's take a look at this. Let's take a look at this. And that's what did, did. They were getting away with this stuff, flying under the radar. They should have just kept their mouths shut, and they didn't. They got too big for their britches. And so they got too big for their britches and they, um, but the bottom line is the, the, the benefits they were getting was simply not fair. They weren't, you know, if, if they would have been, if they would have played, if they would have been a little bit smart, they, they should have kept humble and just stayed always under the radar. No matter if they're, if they're LGBTQ circles, dogs, activist dogs would have been just barking, they would have calmed that down. They would have, they would have said, you know what? No, it's not going to happen. We have a good relationship with the state of Florida. But no, they took that for, for, for uh, uh, what do they call it? They took that in vain, right? Yeah, well, they took it for granted. Absolutely. They took it for granted. And that's the problem. They should have just kept their mouths shut. Okay? But... They got, in other words, it, it's been going on for so long. They they seem to even have forgotten, maybe, about all the benefits they were getting that these other corporations weren't. And then they, there's no, first of all, there's no reason for any of these corporations to get involved in politics. Just do your job, all right? If your yeah. job is to is to have a, a amusement park where kids can enjoy the rides and you make some movies on the side and television shows, just do it. Just do your business, okay? Make your business the best business it can be. Don't get involved in, in the political world. That's not your job. And it's also not what your shareholders want. Your shareholders want you to make a profit. They want you to have the best business possible that will make them the most money possible. They don't want you let, talking let, let, about let politics. Me, let me tell you, Mike, right now with the latest one, the Bud Light. Yes. Oh, and obviously yeah, Disney. I hope this is a learning lesson. For all conglomerates, all corporations in the United States, don't cut that bullshit. You go woke, you go broke. That's no joke, and that is the bottom line. This has been proven. I mean, come on, it's like the same person committing the same mistake with expecting a different outcome. That's called insanity, and that's mm -hmm. what the woke left specializes in. Well, insanity. Sp and well, speaking of the of the woke left, they're such hypocrites. They're such utter hypocrites that all of a sudden now, oh, they care so much about Disney because Ron DeSantis has attacked poor Disney. <laughs> now these liberals who are supposedly anti-corporate America are now sucking the you-know-what of Disney simply because Ron DeSantis is taking away their special benefits. These people are such hypocrites, Vlad. They're just incredible hypocrites. And you, you know you know what hurts me uh, a lot? Uh... Mike, this hits at home. Is I, I have my nephew. He's as conservative as you and me, mm -hmm. and America-loving, red-blooded American. Mm -hmm. But his wife 
is a Disney lover. It's like she has yeah. the annual pass to go to Walt yeah. Disney World, and 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 she's had talked with her like, stop that at least for a year or two. Mm-hmm. You know, th- this is what they're doing, and you're contributing. But she is like that's what that's what her idol Mickey and Minnie are her idols. Yes, she just doesn't get it. She knows the place well. She's there two, three times a year sometimes on a four-day vacation or a week vacation, whatever. My nephew's pretty much tired. Not that he doesn't like Disney, but he's got tired of all the, the having to go to the same places almost every year. And at well, the same time, though, as woke as it's become. And have you seen how expensive those passes are? Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, we're talking about a woman that's a, a school administrator. She averages about 100000 a year. Yeah, but she hasn't learned. You could go to other places. Why are you frequenting the places that hate families, the places that hate white people? They used to call people. Remember when when you're waiting in line? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, children. Now it's welcome, dreamers. What the hell's that? I know. I you know. know. Welcome, I know. dreamers. Yes. I didn't know the dreamer. I, well, you know, <laughs> it's also it's very similar to like Bud Light, where they don't seem to know who their audience is. <laughs> they don't seem to know who their audience is. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you know? and they end up, you know, abandoning their audience, right? Where to the point where, just like with Bud Light, their audience says, "You know what? We're not going to drink this anymore. We're not going to buy this anymore. We're exactly. not going to use this product anymore." And 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 we see what happened, right? Exactly. People are people are voting with their dollars, and they're going to other beer brands. You know, they're the freedom, the freedom beer, right? Okay. I think that guy's averaging a million a week. That's good. The Yerling, I think, or Yelsting. I never had that beer. Is is Yelsting or Yerling? It's an American breed. A lager. I'm I'm down for trying that. You know, and I I I, I, I specifically believe you. I had a a, basically a a concert I went to almost three Sundays ago. It's gonna be three Sundays ago. Awesome concert with my nephew. I avoided, but like we actually in line, my nephew and I, we were just making fun of that. I go, like, hey, uncle, are you going to go with the Bud Light? I go, yeah. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to support him. Yeah, when I got to the to the counter, I was like, no, I'm going with the Demodelo or I'm going with that other brand, 805 IPA. I don't know. So, no, we were kidding around, but no. I said, in the midst of everything, let their sales plummet. I'm not going to rescue them. You're not going to rescue them. And anybody that we know, let's preach about it. Don't rescue them. Let them sink. That way they'll learn the stupid decision making that they've made and let them waste billions of dollars in marketing. You know, they'll still go continue to go down. You know why? Because until they're honest enough to say, you know what? We screwed up. We should have never done this. Absolutely. You know what? Remember, I told you last time, not long ago, Mike, if they would have been a little bit, you know, if they would have calculated it. Let's wait till Pride Month, the month of June, right? Mm-hmm. That's usually Pride Month. It would Nothing would have gone wrong. They would have made a different Bud Light just for them. All the major brands are putting all the labels, the, the gay flag, the LGBTQ flag everywhere in their, in their product. No problem. You know, it's a month of pride. Give it to them that month, right? It was yes. a no problem. But no, they didn't do that. They blatantly just went out there to celebrate a, a, a controversial figure that nobody cares about because he, the beautiful little boy that feels like he's a girl yeah. decided, decided to celebrate 365 days finally being transgendered. Well, guess what? That shit was the biggest fiasco, the biggest stupidity. You go woke, you go broke. That's no joke. <laughs> you like that saying, don't oh, you? Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Daniel Daniel coined it well, then that's no joke. And it's true. We're it seeing it. We're seeing it live. We're right seeing it. It's laughable. 
It's laughable. You know, the, the biggest conundrum for crying out loud. It's like, where, where is the thinking people? All these corporations, it tells you there is no thinkers. If they would have taken at least a couple of corporations to, to do some kind of survey, how would this, you know, fan out? No, they didn't do that. You do studies on things like this before you fork out billions of dollars in marketing only to end up losing more billions of dollars in, mar in, in sales because of stupid decisions. You right. know? Exactly. No, you're 100% right. There's no doubt anyway, about Mike, it. I'll let yeah. you be. Continue the good work. Man. Vlad, have thank a you. Have weekend. a great weekend, man. You too. Man. Okay, of course. Always a good call. Thank you, Vlad. I appreciate it. Um, you know, yeah, go woke, go broke. That ain't no joke. And that's amazing to me. What's amazing to me is is that these corporations, I, I always thought that bottom line was the most important thing for them. So what is with this wokeness? What is with getting into this incredible wokeness and, and, and diving into this political arena? Are they are they thinking that their base audience is like going away? Are they struggling? Are they trying to get new people in? Well, I don't I don't understand. The only thing I can guess is that the people who are being hired by these companies, such as Disney or or Anheuser Busch, the people who are being hired just have that left wing woke agenda. Just like politicians want to push it, just like uh, people in the media want to push it, they just want to push this left wing woke agenda. And the comp these corporations need to weed these people out if they want to ex if they want to continue to prosper if they don't want to totally fail they need to weed these people out they can't have these people working and making these decisions like Bush like like uh, Anheuser Busch makes oh let's put this transgender person on our beer can let's have this crazy transgender person who needs mental health assistance uh, you know promoting our product let's not lie about policy that's being pushed in Florida. In fact, let's not talk at all about policy that's being pushed in Florida. It's not our job. It's not our job. You know what, baby? If you don't like being in Florida anymore, leave. But they're not going to leave. And these moron liberals who are like, oh, go somewhere else, man. Go somewhere else. Do you know how fucking big Disney World is? Do you know how many acres it is? Yeah, why don't you you come to California? They'll love the taxes here. The tax breaks they get in Florida. Do you think they'd get that in California? You think Gavin Newsom would give Disney that special your own government stuff? Get the fuck out of here. He taxes them up the ass like he does every other corporation. And they all have to leave because they can't afford to be here. Come on. Give me a break. Disney's in Florida because they know that's the best place to be. That's why they're there. It's the best place to be. And they don't need all those special benefits to make money, all right? They don't need all those special benefits. They were given that in the 60s for certain reasons, probably having to do with Florida needing them back then. But things change. Times, they are a-changing, right? Right? The left thinks woke is great and all this new stuff and trans stuff is great for society and times are changing and you got to adjust. Well, Disney, times have changed, Okay, now you got to pay your fair share. That's it. Got to pay your fair share. Yeah. Sometimes I just want to sing that song from from All in the Family, right? Boy, the way that Miller played. <clears throat> What's that line from that song? Uh, girls were girls and men were men. Now, remember that. That show was in the 70s. And they had that line, girls were girls.
girls and men were men. I mean, <laughs> that line seems to work a lot better now than it did in the 70s. If they thought things were going whack out in the 70s, oh my God, they should see the way it is now. Yeah, I long for a time when girls were girls and men were men. I long for a time when we could actually identify and define, forget de- define what a man is or what a woman is. I long for those days. I long for those days. Will we ever get to those days again? Will we ever get to those days again? Do you know, it's getting so crazy, all right? This is how crazy this is getting. Speaking of boys were boys and men were men and girls were girls and all that nonsense. Uh, <laughs> listen to this now. I want everyone to take a seat. If you're standing up, you want to take a seat. So here it is now. We knew it would get to this, right? Come on, folks. We knew it was going to get to this, and it might get even worse, okay? Now people, forget about choosing to identify as a man, a woman, or a girl, or a boy, or a dog, or a cat. Forget about that. Now people are choosing to identify as handicapped. Listen to this. From transgendered to transabled, now people are choosing to identify as handicapped. Some with body integrity identity disorder, even desire, amputation, or other impairments. Experts weigh in. A troubling societal issue called transableism is attracting attention these days. Transableism is a newer term for BIID or Body Integrity Identity Disorder, in which a person actually identifies as handicapped. BID has been relabeled to transableism to align with today's trans community, according to some. The point of changing the identifier from a psychiatric condition, BID, to an advocacy term, transableism, is to harness the stunning cultural power of gender ideology to the cause of allowing doctors to treat bid patients by amputating healthy limbs, snipping spinal cords, or destroying eyesight. According to Evolution News and Science Today, which reports on and analyzes evolution, neuroscience, bioethics, intelligent design. This is like, reading this is making me, is giving me anxiety. I'm getting anxiety reading intelligent design and other science-related issues. Culturally, transableism is the next abyss that site also notes. Why? Because some of these persons mutilate themselves. Others ask surgeons for an amputation of the transection of their spinal cord. That site adds of the shocking steps some are taking. The NIH notes on the website, those would bid desire the amputation of one or more healthy limbs or desire a paralysis. A North Carolina college student called transableism a cry for attention. The 24-year-old told Fox News Digital, it's offensive to people who actually suffer from the condition that you say you need in order to be your true self. He went on, it's embarrassing. I don't know if you can be considered a serious human being if you alter your body like this instead of getting the appropriate mental help you need. Oh, sounds familiar. In one case of bid, Jorun Victoria Alme, 53, a senior credit analyst in Oslo, Norway, identifies as disabled 
and uses a wheelchair, even though she has no physical handicap. Oh, my God. Alme is also transgender. Hey, I'm shocked. According to HealthScotland.com, Alme said on the morning TV program, Good Morning Norway, in 2022, that it had been a lifelong wish to have been born a woman paralyzed. Oh, Lord, from the waist down. It was a lifelong wish to have been born a woman paralyzed from the waist down. Oh my God. Give me help. I need, I need help. In an even more shocking case, a 21-year-old North Carolina woman who identifies as blind actually took steps to destroy her own eyes, according to multiple reports from a few years ago. One Arizona internist called today's transabilism a delusional disorder. Oh, you think so? In my opinion, both transgender and transabled persons suffer from a delusional disorder. Jane Orient, a general internist in Tucson, Arizona, and executive director of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, told Fox News Digital via email, the oath of Hippocrates, Hippocrates adjures physicians to do no harm. Yeah, right. Orient said, mutilating the body is an objective harm, even if it makes the patient subjectively feel better, she added. This, this disability is lifelong and imposes burdens on others, and neither patients nor physicians can duck responsibility for that. Orient also noted with transgenders, the follow-up is generally very short. Not sure about the follow-up with elective amputees, she said. The no other way to cope with the condition excuse is a cop-out. We need to find other ways, she said. Denial of reality is anti-scientific. Hey, look. Denial of reality is anti-scientific. At least there's someone out there that has that lives in the real world. This is an actual doctor who lives in the real world. It's good to know a few of them still exist. Hey, Dr. Mark Siegel, a clinical professor of medicine and practicing internist at NYU Langone, also appears on Fox News a lot, uh, told Fox News Digital via email that most doctors will only perform procedures they feel are medically indicated. Siegel referred to Munchausen syndrome, which is a fictitious disorder in which a person repeatedly and deliberately acts as if they have a physical or mental illness when they are not really sick, according to WebMD.com. Maybe that's maybe what Biden's doing. Dr. Siegel continued, we deal with Munchausen and Munchausen by proxy, where patients can be quite convincing about illnesses they don't have. And we need to be on the lookout for this. Calling cosmetic plastic surgery procedures a gray area, Siegel noted that as an internist who clears people for all kinds of surgeries, I find myself in lengthy discussions with patients about whether they really need that facelift, that tummy tuck, you know, etc. He noted, he added tribalism, transabilism, tribalism, transabilism. I would never clear anyone for surgery to remove a limb that does not need removal. The North Carolina college student also said about today's trend of transabilism. Today, I feel like people would even encourage mutilation for transabled people in order to be thought of as an ally. So this is this is the natural extension, folks, of this psychosis we're in now. This new psychosis where reality doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter anymore. Hey, you're, you're, you're born a man? Nah, I'll say I'm a woman. You're born a woman? No, I'm going to deny reality and pretend I'm a man. Oh, you're born with uh, good eyesight? No, no, I, I want to, I, I, I'm, in my reality, I'm blind. These are people who, don't you understand? 
when you do that with reality, you're mentally ill and you need help. You're mentally ill and you probably need a combination of psychotherapy and, and psychotropic drugs to snap out of that. Okay? That's a sickness. When you deny reality, when you try to create an alternate reality, this is a sickness. I can't believe I have to say this. Wasn't there a time not too long ago in a world not too far, far away when this was known, when this was understood? Am I wrong about that? I can't believe I have to actually say this. You can't have your own reality. You can't. And making it even worse than you having your own reality, which is bad for you, is when you try to drag me into it. When you say, if I'm not part of that reality, I'm an evil person. I'm a phobe of some kind. That's the biggest problem. And when you become so powerful, even though you're an extreme, extreme, extreme minority, because our politicians and media are feckless, when you become so powerful that you get legislation made to make your alternate reality the actual reality, that's what I have to fight back. That's what I just can't take it anymore. And neither should anyone else who lives in the real world. That's the biggest problem now. These people are not just in the corner. You know that, 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 that image of someone, a sick person sitting in the corner, mentally ill person, Swishing the light on and off, light on and off, light on and off. It's not just that anymore. Now they're becoming like powerful. They're drawing us into their crazy world and saying there's something wrong with us if we don't want to be part of it. And that's what we have to continue to fight back from because this is only going to get this is getting weirder by the by the week. This is getting weirder. It is. It's getting very. This is it. This is this is insane. Insane. I. I identify as being blind. I identify as not having the two legs. What the fuck? Stop coddling these people. That's the problem with the left. They coddle them. They go, oh, oh, that's okay. Hey, oh, you want to be like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like this uh, um, perverse hippie mentality, right? It's like the perversion of hippie, of the hippie culture. Hey, live and let live, man. Be what you want to be, man. No, 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 no. At some point, we have to say, you're ill. You're ill. I don't hate you, but you're ill. You need help. You're ill. No, I don't want to hear about it. You're ill, period. And that's what we have to start saying. We have to put our foot down at some point. Because this is just going to get even more bizarre. A month from now, believe me, I'll be reading an even more bizarre story. I will. You know, I joke about identifying as a cat or a dog. You don't think that's next? You don't think that's next? People who say, well, I think maybe in a previous life I was a dog and I should still be a dog. I think I should have been born a dog, not a human. You don't think that's coming? People, I know what's coming. All right, I'm always right. I'm always right. I know what's coming, and that's what's coming next. Just like I said that vigilantism is coming to my city, San Francisco, and other cities run by Democrats where crime is out of control, vigilantism is coming. There's absolutely no doubt about it. And if I can pull it up, very interesting. There was a story today written in some San Francisco rag, left-wing rag. Is there anything else here in San Francisco? Um, But uh, about a shooting that took place at Walgreens in Union Square, uh, which is the big tourist area here. And it just happened a couple of days ago. And there was a, they covered the story. And let's see if I can get this 
story pulled up. But for some reason, they took it down. Here it is. Okay, here it is. One dead, one arrested after shooting at a San Francisco Walgreens. This is right on Marcus Street, which is the center. This is right like in the middle of Union Square, the middle of, uh, of the uh, tourist area. Is this right? For some reason, the news outlet took it down because I had commented on it. A 24-year-old woman was killed following a shooting on Marcus Street in San Francisco on Thursday. They arrived to the scene. The woman was taken to the hospital. She died. It took place in the Walgreens. So here, here's what happened. Okay. A 33-year-old private security guard that, I guess, carried a gun, which is interesting because I haven't seen many in, in drugstores. Usually the security guards in drugstores don't have guns. I've always said they should. But anyway, this 33-year-old private security guard had a gun, and he shot her. Evidently, she was trying to steal something. But it's unclear how that's connected to the shooting. No, it said a theft occurred during the course of the incident, but it's unclear how it's connected to the shooting. So an unnamed woman said she knew the person. She said the outlet that she was checking out at a register with the other woman. That's interesting. She told the outlet that she was checking out at a register with the other woman and heard two shots fired. Then saw her friend fall to the floor. As soon as we were walking out, all he hears boom, 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 and she dropped to the floor. Um, he didn't say anything. All he was picked up the gun and shoot twice. I don't get this. This is odd. He didn't say anything. All he did was pick up the gun and shoot twice and walk to the back. Well, and the rest has been made. So they're not sure if this woman originally, this is probably why the news outlet took this down. Because originally, the report said, it's amazing how one little incident you can't get the, the media can't get the right story. Uh, I, I understand they call this what the fog of war, but I, I, I don't you should be able to get this story. A good journalist would get this story right. But I think what originally happened was the story was that this person was trying to steal something and the armed security guard shot her dead. OK, and so they arrested him. And originally there was a quote from like a police captain saying you need to have you need to use equal force. <laughs> Someone's robbing someone. You can't can't kill them. But now that's gone. That story is gone unless it's a newer story. And which says that this woman was just I mean, her friend said, if you can believe the friend, maybe she's lying. Who knows? They were they were checking out at the register and the security guard fired twice and killed her. Why would the security guard just randomly kill someone checking out? At a register, it doesn't. Does that does that compute with you? It doesn't compute with me. I don't get it. It makes more sense that an overzealous security guard would kill someone who's trying to rob the store. That's that story made much more sense to me. But if we can get an update here, I don't know. If anyone has an updated story, put it in the. If you can find one, put it in the chat, because. The original story, which I commented on, and the reason I commented on it on Twitter is because the police chief was talking about equal right uh, force and how someone's robbing a store. You can't shoot them. Yet, in the story I've been talking about all week long, where the ex-fire commissioner was bashed on the head several times with a pipe, supposedly, allegedly, because he used pepper spray on the person, I said, and they've, they've released the person who cracked his skull open. I said, well, where's equal force when that's concerned? Is that equal force? Cracking someone's skull open because supposedly you might have been pepper sprayed? 
Of course, that's not equal force. So they talk about equal force now, but they didn't talk about equal force in that story when it's a homeless person committing the crime. So I, I, I can't exactly find if this is if there's any updates on this, but that's the latest, I think, that they're not quite sure. They're not quite sure. But I guess the actual real point of this is that this happened in the tourist area here, okay? And and crime is going up in so many areas. Gun crime, violent crime of all kinds, robberies. They're going up in the in the like the, the wealthy areas in San Francisco. They're going up in the tourist areas in San Francisco, and it's killing tourism. It's absolutely killing tourism, right? If you're a tourist and you witness murder, are you ever going to come back again? Are you going to tell any of your friends to come back again? I mean, this is just getting so bad here with all kinds of crime, okay? Whether it's the, the people knew each other, it was random, it's a gang, whatever it may be. It's crime regardless. It's crime. It doesn't matter. And it's going up and up and up. And now we're hitting areas not in this this city that I live in, but so many others where usually you didn't see. You know, we talk about cities, right? People, when they're going on TripAdvisor, deciding whether they're going to go to a city or if they have friends in a city, what do they always say? What's the good area? What's the bad area? What's the bad area that I should stay away from? There's always that question, right? What's the bad area? Well, the bad area here in San Francisco used to be the Tenderloin, but not anymore. It's the whole city. It's the whole city. I mean, yeah, there are probably some very suburban, like quiet tree-lined blocks where you can still exist and it's safer. But what good is that for tourists? So the, 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 the main areas are no longer safe. None of them. It used to be maybe a seven or eight block radius where you could say, just stay away from that seven or eight block radius. The rest of the city is fine. You can't anymore. You can't. I can't. I don't want anyone coming here. I don't want anyone coming. I certainly don't want anyone I know coming here to be a tourist. It's just not safe. It's not safe enough. And yeah, of course, the chances of something bad happening to you is extremely low. But why would you want to take the chance? And why do you want to always have to have that feeling that something bad could happen when there are so many places you can go where you don't even have to think about that for a second? Not here anymore and not in most of our Democrat-run cities. I'll try to get more updates on this, maybe over the weekend. Hopefully next week I'll have a better idea of exactly. But this that latest story doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Not at all. Um, so, yes, crime, this, that, and the other thing. You have to go to the red states to find normalcy. And I'm not just saying, I'm not just saying that out of my ass. This is true. When you look at legislation, when you look at the way things are, in red states. Here, North Dakota, another good state, limited bathroom use for transgender people. So here's what North Dakota is doing. Transgender kids and adults in North Dakota won't be able to access bathrooms, locker rooms, or showers that match the gender they identify identify with, not the gender they actually are, in places like college dorms or jails under a new law signed by Republican Governor Doug Burgum. Burgum's office announced on Wednesday that he had signed the bill the previous day. The measure passed the House and Senate with veto-proof majorities. The ACLU has said that so far this year, more than 450 bills attacking... Here, okay, the ACLU, of course, states it as attacking the rights of transgender people 
So attacking the rights of lunatics, attacking the rights of mentally ill people, I'm editing it for the ACLU, for the bullshit ACLU that was MIA for the entire COVID era, have been introduced in state legislatures. Dorms and living facilities controlled by North Dakota's Board of Higher Education are affected, as well as correctional facilities of youths for youth and adults. Restrooms and shower rooms will be designated for use exclusively by males or exclusively by females. Oh my God, could you imagine, could you imagine restrooms and shower rooms that can be designated men and women? I mean, what a crazy fucked up world. How phobic, how phobic. Transgender or gender non-conforming people will need to get approval from a staff member to use a restroom or shower room of their choice. The governor's office declined to comment on the bill. Representative Eric Murphy was one of three Republicans who defied their party and voted against the bill. Uh, blah, 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 yeah. Republican supported. Why would you not want a men's bathroom to be for men and a woman's bathroom to be for women? The <laughs> you know, Jeff Hoverson said that. I don't know, Jeff. You're making too much sense. Last week, the governor signed a bill that restricts transgender health care in the state, immediately making it a crime to give gender. Of, and this is also how they lie about the wording restricts transgender health care. No, if you say you're transgender, you can get the same health care I get. Okay. You don't get, not get health care. When you say restricts transgender health care, what you're saying is someone that identifies as transgender can't go to a doctor like anyone else can. That's bullshit. What it means is that a doctor can't give, and here's another, this is how the left lies by wording. Okay. They call if you want to whack off a 10-year-old's penis, they call that gender-affirming care. That's how they state it. If you don't believe in whacking off the penis of a 10-year-old boy, you're against gender-affirming care. They put the word affirming in there to make it sound like that's a good thing. And if you're against it, you're such an evil Trumpy Trumper. You're such an evil conservative if you're against affirming. Affirming is a nice word. No, no, it's gender mutilating. It's gender mutilating. We have to start stating things the way they are. We have to start stating things in the world of the reality, of the world of the fucking living in the real world, okay? It's not gender affirming care. It's gender mutilation. So, North Dakota made it illegal to mutilate kids under 18, okay? Not to give gender affirming care to people under 18. We have to, let me tell you something, conservatives and normal people, whether you consider yourself a conservative or not, we have to start winning the wording game, the, the, the verbiage game. We have to, because they're winning when they're allowed to write things like gender affirming instead of gender mutilating, which is what it is. And I know one guy that's going to agree with me a thousand percent on this is Daniel. Hey, hey, hey Daniel. Hey, Daniel. Words exactly. matter. Words matter. I'm, uh, I'm walking through North Beach uh, on the way home from Berkeley right now. I almost missed the last train out of Berkeley. Oh, I thought you said you walked from Berkeley. No, no. I, I wish you could do that because <laughs> you would. I, I was thinking, my God. What, what, what if I do miss the last train here? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I would. I would love to be able to walk across, but you, you can only you can only get a halfway to to, to Treasure Island. <laughs> yeah, uh, Daniel, by the way, hasn't heard of Uber, so that's probably the problem there. Yeah. 
<laughs> nor, nor, nor lift, nor taxi. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> or buses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I will lower myself to take Bart, but that, that's, that's about it's it. Gotta be, that's about it. That's yeah, about only it. because I can't walk across the Bay Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone tried about a month ago and they were arrested. Huh? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's doing his own little uh, sideshow on feet. <laughs> yeah, maybe he was a tourist and thought the Bay Bridge was the one you could walk over. <laughs> I knew there was some bridge you could walk over. A big, a big bridge, a big bridge you could walk over. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so yeah, yeah. You, you're totally right. The uh, winning the language war is language is really, war. That's it. The really, language war. Yes. Is, yeah, is really important. Um, in in any in any fight that goes on in politics or in, in social discussion, language is extremely, extremely important. And uh, mutilation is a good term. Um, I like to call it gender infirming care rather than gender affirming care. Good. I think it, I think it fits it just as well as, as calling it uh, gender mutilation. And it rhymes with affirming. So you can just... Yeah, you, you can watch that weird twisted look on people's face as they realize what you just said. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, like um, I said, though, it's only these red states that are doing these common sense things. It's like it's like the red states are living in the real world, the the, the actual world of, of like a, of a reality, right? Of of um, let's say healthy mental state. Healthy mental health, and these Democrat states, like the one that we're in, is just living in a alternate whack job universe. You know? Yeah. Um, well, this, the the uh, the blue blue states are all part of one uh, larger state, and I think that if um, we do have a civil war, what is going to happen is the blue states are going to all get together and they're going to form the uh, state of delusion. Why not do that? Why not, why not have a country that's separated between the, the states of reality and the states of delusion? I like that idea, Daniel. The United States of delusion. Yep, yes. We could yes. be the United States of reality and the United States of delusion. And, and if you want to live in the delusion, you can. You're yeah. free to. Yeah. 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 When what kind of uh, displays of patriotism you see in, in the state of delusion? Yeah. Well, have you seen... There was a case a couple of days ago. I was watching Fox News with this guy who was who 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 uh, identified as a woman, a man, you know, a man who was pretending to be a woman. Walks into the women's locker room with his penis hanging out, and you know what he said to the women? Don't worry about it. I'm trans. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that comforted them, comforted them all. And yeah. that's all in these crazy, whacked out universities. A lot of, that's all you have to say. That yeah, Daniel, you or you and I tomorrow, if we wanted to be perverts and go into the woman's locker room with our, you know what, hanging out, all we have to say in in this city, not if we're in North Dakota, they would they would throw us out, but in this city and in other places run by Democrats, is I identify as trans. Can Flat. you believe how crazy that is? Yeah, you you, you flash them the uh, the backstage uh, trans pass. Yes. If you're trans, if you know, if you're truly trans, baby, if you're going to go all the way, why the hell do you still have the dick for? Okay. <laughs> go all the way. Have the courage of your nut job convictions. Yeah. Um, I've mentioned this before in the show, but we 
We have a very serious problem, and it goes beyond the, the trans issue, and the trans issue is just a, a subset of the problems that is caused by uh, social contagion in general. As we talked about, the COVID simply could not have happened with, without the social contagion transmitted by uh, Internet. It's simply that what happened during COVID simply could not have happened. Um, and, and this trans thing is just a... A, another example of that, um, critical race theory is also a um, nutty um, um, take on racism that was transmitted entirely by the Internet as well. With, or I should say without the Internet, it would not ha have spread like it did. Um, we, we've seen this on, on, a, on a number of issues, and it is, it is going to get much bigger. I am really surprised that the Surgeon General at this point hasn't called it and identified it as the number one health issue, not in our country, but in the world. What do you mean? This this guy under Biden? Uh, anyone, because it is so obvious. No, Joseph Ladapo will once he's in that position. But not this guy. Forget about this guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm surprised that maybe we should forward it this way. I am surprised that any conscientious uh, Surgeon General uh, would not be pointing this out. Right, right. And, and, and the, the fact that we have a Surgeon General that is not making a big deal about this um, tells, tells us all we really need to know about that person. Um, it's, 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 it's really despicable in, in my mind. Well, let's go back just 20 years. We don't have to go back further than that, maybe even 10 years, but certainly 20 years. If I told you, you know, Daniel, there'll be a, a day, one day really soon, where if I want to go into a, liquor, a woman's locker room with my you-know-what hanging down, all I'm going to have to say is I'm trans. All I'm going to have to say, and they have to let me in. You'd say, Mike, go get help. That's never going to happen. You know why? Because of, like, you know, sanity and, and women's rights. And you, Daniel, there was a time not too long ago where that would be considered a pervert, right? And they'd be thrown out of that gym. They'd be thrown out of that university forever. Now we say, no, 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 no. We have to, we have to allow that person to do that. And it's, it, it's gotten to the point where it's so damn insane. It's so insane that I cannot believe that we're living in this world. This has to be. I don't like to use the term one of the worst times to be alive, but this truly has to be one of the dumbest times to be alive. It's it's a troubling time indeed. Um, what's the, what's the, uh, the the saying? Uh, may you live or, or, or curse? May you live in interesting times. Um, maybe a better curse is. <laughs> Yeah, may, may you continue to live in the in the present. <laughs> well, what used what used to be a pervert is now a person of incredible virtue. How yeah. crazy is that? It's 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 incredible. And and like I said um, before, a big component, you know, like, like we just talked about, is social contagion. And also, a big component of it is the left just wanting to. Uh, a finger in the eye of that part of our country, the right, which is usually more concerned about moral, morality and moral behavior. Mm -hmm. And they just seem to want to, to poke them in the eye, just to just say, ha, 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 look what we're doing. And, and look, look, look what we're almost making acceptable. Isn't it, you know, something, whatever it could be. 
you know, the, 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 the more the more twisted, the, the better for them because they just want to get a rise. Um, they just want to troll that 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 segment of our population. Sick. Um, and we saw the same sort of thing with, with COVID, that where people were just backing policies that and backing them simply because it was hurtful to the opposite side of the political spectrum hurtful in a very personal way to the opposite side of the political spectrum. There's this, there's this component uh, to, to politics in the last three years that is so incredibly ugly. It's, it's really, we've never really seen anything close to, to anything like this, at least, at least not in our lifetimes. And I just can't imagine it's ever, ever occurred. Um, at least on the scale as well that we're seeing, there is an incredible ugliness to our politics right now. Uh, into our culture, yeah. Into our culture. I mean, I just, I can't believe I'm living in the world I'm living in now. I can't, like I said, I can't believe this. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe I'm living in a world where a guy can walk into a women's locker room with their with their penis hanging out and say, "Well, I'm I'm trans. Go about your business," or yeah. or where people could say, "I'm sorry, uh, I identify as being born only only with the torso." I mean, I I don't, <laughs> and we're not just simply saying you people. First of all, we, we're living in a world where we're actually allowing these people not to feel embarrassed for saying and doing these things. There was a time not too long ago people would be embarrassed to do this kind of thing. They'd be embarrassed to admit they feel this way. Now they're emboldened. See, they're emboldened now. They're emboldened. You have to accept our psychological illness, our perversions. You must, or you're a bad person. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's really incredible. Um, I've got a really weird story. I'm wondering if I should tell it to you, but it happened to happen tonight. Um, do you Go want ahead. to hear a really weird? It's Friday weird night. It's after midnight story. Pacific, after 3 a.m. Eastern. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So, so I was in Berkeley tonight because I had um, a, a second date and um, it was a really, really great date. So, so I really? stopped by a, um, one of the university buildings because I um, ha- had to use the, uh, the bathroom, uh, used, used my key card to get in. And my date sat down there on, on a bench waiting for me. When I came back, there was a piece of red cardboard on the bench, and she was gone. <gasps> Here's the weird thing. That red piece of cardboard belongs to me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, hold on a second. Oh, you mean the one you use to protect the sun? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I lost it earlier in the day. Okay. So I come back to where my date was, and there's this red piece of cardboard sitting in her place, and she's gone. It was the most surreal moment because I'm going, that's my cardboard. What happened to my date? <laughs> Wait a minute. So you had lost this piece of cardboard earlier? Yeah. Before, and before you had seen her again? Right? Yeah. And, and when she sat down on the bench, it wasn't there. Oh my! Wait a minute. This is I can't. This is frightening. I don't. I don't. This, this is this, this is scary. So freaky. <laughs> I don't get this. Is, yeah. there, is there a is there a logical conclusion? I have no idea. This is just. Wait a minute. She's gone for. She she didn't get back. She no, left. She, she, no, no. She came back. It was oh, a, it was oh, fan, oh, fantastic! Oh. She she came back and then and and then I I I, I picked, picked up the cardboard and I said. Did you see this while you were sitting here waiting for me? And she goes, no. And I said, 
this is mine. I lost it earlier during the day. And she just looks at me like, what, what? <laughs> not, not like what, um, but that she wasn't getting it. But what, how, how can that be? You know, <laughs> and, and I'm going and, and you were gone. I thought you'd just be wait, waiting and, and you're, you're missing. But I've retrieved my red piece of cardboard. <laughs> I don't. Uh, could it be someone uh, in that same place? Found we were it? We, we were there in the building. It was probably nine thirty. I can't imagine that anybody. It's, it's one of the buildings that I that I work in frequently. I can't imagine that anybody that I work with would be there that late. But that's that's when I try to rationalize this and figure it out. That's the only thing. Anyway, I don't want to take up much time, but no, I just but that's, wanted to that's pass a on the weird, story. creepy yeah, yeah. ghost story. <laughs> that's a freaky story. But I am I'm glad the the girl came back. It would be even weirder if she was gone. Oh yeah, it would have been extremely weird. <laughs> yes, I don't, that's, 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 <laughs> that yeah, reminds yeah, me yeah. of that of the ending of the movie Eyes Wide Shut when uh, Tom yeah, Cruise comes into the yeah. bedroom and the mask is sitting on the pillow, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And he's wondering, was, how did this mask get on the villa? <laughs> it was that. It was that surreal. I was just going. I was, I was just, you know, stumbling over my my my, my own thoughts, trying to, to to figure out how 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 this could be. <laughs> you know what? You have to figure out exactly how it happened. I mean, the only thing I can guess is someone that knows you and knows you do that found yeah. it, saw you sitting there. You were gone and put it there. That's yeah, the thing I, it, 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 I mean that's got to be the explanation. But that—that that is just that. That in itself is such a huge, giant coincidence. I know. I know. Yeah. Any, oh. Anyway, I thought that would be entertaining. Uh, what, what's the review tonight? Ooh, we should make a movie about that. That's a good movie. I like that movie. <laughs> uh, I have two films. I have uh, the Evil Dead Rise and by the way, and one called Sisu S I S U. Which you would love. You should see it. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Yes. So well, I'm going to be signing off so the boys in the band. Go ahead. Because I'm going to be signing off so the boys in the band can queue yeah, up. Yeah, they'll be here in a few minutes. Thanks, okay. Daniel. Appreciate it. Boy, that is a bizarre story. Weird. Right away, I thought of Eyes Wide Shut with the, with the mask, putting the mask on the... How did that happen in Eyes Wide Shut? The only thing I can think of is Nicole Kidman found the mask, right? Because I think what happened earlier in the film is Tom Cruise misplaces it and doesn't... So I think N Nicole Kidman found the mask and put the mask on the on the pillow. Though we're saying, basically, what is this? You know, anyway. Anyway, I think that's what happened there. With, with, with Daniel's red... By the way, Daniel has... People are probably wondering, what the hell is he talking about with the red... Why does Daniel walk around with a red piece of cardboard? Is he crazy? Well, not really crazy. No, he, he, he walks... A, in the sun, he protects his face because Daniel has a condition. If the sun hits his face, his face melts, something like that. So he has to hold the red piece of cardboard around so it blocks the sun because he walks in the sun a lot. So that's why he carries a red piece. I know this because I walk with him once in a sunny day, and he has to keep that red piece of cardboard up so it blocks the sun from hitting him in the, in the face. And that's why he has it. So. You know, someone someone else must know that other people must know that. And I'm guessing they probably found it. No, knew it was yours. Saw you sitting there. Then you had left and figured, OK, I'll put it here. And when he comes back, he'll he'll get his his red piece of cardboard. That's that's the story I'm going with. Because the only other 
option is the red piece of cardboard follows you around. I don't know. So we'll keep that. Anyway, um, what else? A couple of things, quick things before I get to the film reviews is um, uh, going back. We're going to go back and we're going to talk about uh, they just Ron DeSantis a bit more because there is a story came out today about the money game, right? The money game. And DeSantis is doing quite well. Once again, you won't hear about it in the media because the people who want to push Donald Trump will push Donald Trump. But DeSantis, who hasn't even announced yet, has a war chest that's twice the size of Trump's already. He's sitting on a pile of cash. He's raked in more than $110 million in political donations. Think about this already. Think about this. Already, DeSantis has raked in $110 million and he's not even running yet. Imagine what will happen when he officially announces. This includes around 80 million remaining. Okay, okay, so he has 110 million in political donations. So he's got 30 million, I guess, 33 million from that super PAC for the presidential race, and 80 million remaining. <laughs> he didn't need to spend from last year's gubernatorial reelection. That's the positive thing. One of the many positive things about winning so easy is he didn't need to spend that much money. So we still had 80 million left, which he can use, plus 33 million that's already been raised in a, in a super PAC, I guess, set up to back him. So it's uh, pretty impressive that he has all this money and he hasn't even decided to run yet, okay? Uh, so DeSantis took in a little more than 14 million in the first three months of this year, his state level campaign committee reported. So he's doing really well. He's got a big war chest. I think Trump's got 55 million and DeSantis has 110 million. And DeSantis hasn't even officially announced yet. So do not believe the hype that DeSantis has this huge lead and the more money and more backing. It's not true. There are so many people out there that are just waiting for DeSantis to announce to get behind him who know they're afraid of what will happen if Trump's the nominee. They don't want Trump to be the nominee. They know how disastrous that's going to be, not just in the fact that he'll lose, but, you know, that the debate's not going to be about the issues. It'll be about his personal crap. You know, come on. <laughs> Trump versus Biden is going to be a shit show, man. That's why so many people don't want that. What's it going to be about? Hunter Biden and 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 uh, Stormy Daniels? Is that what you really want this campaign to be about? Hunter Biden and Stormy Daniels? Is that what you want the debate to be about? No. But if it's FDR Jr. and Santis, it won't be about Hunter Biden and Stormy Daniels. It'll be more about the issues. And so people know that. People on the right know that. Unfortunately, the DNC has such a stranglehold on their deal that it's going to be tough going. For RFK Jr., um, RFK Jr. did talk about something. Maybe I'll save it for Monday. Now, you know what? He did an interview on ABC, right? Very quickly. He did an interview on ABC. And ABC totally edited the shit out of it and basically censored the whole thing and just used the points. We know what they do to make their narrative. They just they wouldn't they didn't use the whole thing. They edited it to make it look like the way they wanted to make it look. And and RFK Jr. wrote about that today. Okay? And he said this is not fair. And there are laws out there. There are actual laws on the books that say the media can't do this. They're not allowed to do this, yet they continue 
they continue to do it. So the fact of the matter is, this is this is how sad this media is. I mean, they are, who, who are they protecting? Big Pharma? When it comes to RFK, they're protecting what? Big Pharma? Is that what they're doing? They don't want his... His, his, his valid criticisms of Big Pharma to be out there for people to see. So this is how low the media is this day. They're, they're chop sueying this interview to help protect Big Pharma's interests and the interests of an 80-year-old brain-addled president who needs a cheat sheet to take a question, who doesn't even remember a child had to tell him where he was last week because he couldn't remember. This is who they're protecting? Yeah, this is what RFK Jr. said. 47 USC 315 makes it illegal for TV networks to censor presidential candidates. But on Thursday, ABC showed its contempt for the law, democracy, and its audience by cutting most of the content of my interview with host Lindsey Davis, leading only, leaving only cherry-picked snippets and a defamatory disclaimer. Offering no evidence, ABC justified this act of censorship by falsely asserting that I made false claims. In truth, Davis engaged me in a lively, informative, and mutually respectful debate on the government's COVID countermeasures. I'm happy to supply citations to support every statement I made during that exchange. I'm certain that ABC's decision to censor came back as a shock to Lindsay as well. Instead of journalism, the public saw a hatchet job. Instead of information, they got defamation and unsheathed pharma propaganda. Americans deserve to hear the fuel interview, the full interview, so they can make up their own minds. How can democracy function without a free and unbiased press? As president, I will free FCC from its corporate captors and force the agencies to follow the law by revoking the licenses of networks that put the mercantile ambitions of advertisers ahead of the public interest. This is a great idea. I've talked about this many times. The FCC, they, we, we talk about the FBI, we talk about the, the CDC and the NIH and all this. The FCC needs to be dismantled and rebuilt. This is their job. But he's right. They have corporate captors. He's absolutely right. Their job would be to revoke the license of networks that put the mercantile ambitions of advertisers ahead of the public interest. And 47 USC 315 is a law. But what does the FCC really care about? This arcane crap that if you're on terrestrial radio or if you're on television and it's not a cable network, you can't curse. You can't say fuck. You get fined. In, in the year 2023, you get fined in, in the year where there are videos of 13-year-olds doing strip shows for adults. That's okay. But you can't say a fuck. You can't say a curse word. You can't drink alcohol. you got to be kidding me. This is so ridiculous with the advent of cable news and now podcasts like this one. The FCC, these are, this is arcane, this crap. They should no longer have these regulations. Remember all, they attacked Howard Stern when he was on terrestrial radio about this all the time, right? He said something, he cursed, he said something sexual, he said this. They, they were kept on fining him to make money off of him. But that was a different age, and it was dumb back then. But to have that now is ridiculous, and they're not doing their real job. This is their real job, not to make sure someone doesn't curse on the radio or television. In the year 2023, it's mind-blowing. It's freaking, freaking. You see, I'll say freaking, even though they can't find me on here yet. I'll say freaking. Okay, one final thing. There are other stuff I wanted to get to, including the National Guard coming into San Francisco starting 
next week, May 1st. We'll talk about that next week. I'll also talk about a, write a good article written in, uh, let's see, what is the Telegraph by Frank Luntz. You know, I agree with sometimes, sometimes I've gotten into actually arguments with him on Twitter, but he wrote a good article in the Telegraph, and I'll read this on Monday, called An Angry and Intolerant Younger Generation is Destroying American Democracy. So we'll talk about that also. But just to end, before we get into film, they're setting up, uh, John, are you guys, five minutes? Okay, five minutes. This is, you know, these Hollywood types, they like giving you time. Five minutes, five minutes. Okay, so... <laughs> Justin Trudeau is now trying to do the same revisionist history gaslighting as Randy Weingarten and Tony Fauci by saying he never forced anybody to get the vaccine. What are you talking about? I never forced anyone to get the vaccine. It was a choice. Okay, this is David Wells, David Wolf, who put this up today. And this is a little compilation. This is a here. Let me play this. This is Justin Trudeau. If I can cue this up. Come on, you work, work, work. The saying work, here we go, okay. ...is carrying people to believe things that are untrue. And vaccinations is a perfect example of it. And therefore, while not forcing anyone to get vaccinated... Get vaccinated, and you know what? If you don't want to get vaccinated, don't think you can get on a plane or a train besides vaccinated people. The folks out there tonight shouting, the anti-vaxxers... They're wrong. If you want to get on a plane or a train in the coming months, you're going to have to be fully vaccinated. And those people are putting us all at risk. And those people who still hesitate, who still resist, well, they won't get to enjoy the same things that those who've done their part for others. If chooses to not get vaccinated, there will be consequences. I can understand frustrations with mandates, but mandates are the way to avoid further restrictions. They will not be able to board a plane or a train in Canada if they are unvaccinated. The federal government has invoked the Emergencies Act. As you can also see, Canada is a place of free expression where individuals and communities are free to express themselves openly and strongly. We thank them for sharing their perspectives. Merci. That was that horrible Klaus Schwab at the end. Does that guy not sound like a villain or what? Klaus Schwab. Oh, God. But that's Trudeau. We never forced anyone to get a vaccine. No, no. You just couldn't fly. You couldn't go on a train. You couldn't get a job. You couldn't keep your job. You couldn't go to work. You couldn't go to school. You couldn't teach. You couldn't feed your family. You couldn't pay your rent. But we didn't force you. Oh, this little fucking wannabe Hitler in blackface. How I despise this man. Who do I despise more, Newsom or Trudeau? They're both the same mold, right? Slimy, skeevy, disgusting, young, slick politician. I can't stand either of them, but this revisionist history. 
where they're trying to tell us that what they did is not actually what they did. No, we didn't force any. What is, so what is Justin Trudeau's definition of forcing? You mean like holding people down and putting it in their arms? No, probably not. Executing them if they didn't get it? No, probably that. But aside from that, they forced people to get the vaccine. It was forced. You couldn't do things everyone else that got the vaccine did. Therefore, you forced them to do those things if they wanted to live for three fucking years. If they wanted to live a normal life, they were forced to get not just the vaccine, the second one, the third one, the fourth one, in some places, the fifth one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Justin, come here, you little. Used to box? Let me show you. Let me show you. You think you can still box? Come on, let's go. Let's go. Come to San Francisco or I'll come to Ottawa. I'll come to Ottawa. <sighs> Punch your dumb nose down your dumb, stupid throat. Slimy little. <sighs> John, are you going to save me? Are you going to save me? I want to get into a Friday weekend mood. Are you guys ready? Come on, guy. What do I pay you for? Oh, I'm not paying anything? All right. Well, I guess you have a point there. But I'll pay you one day. I'll pay you one day. I told you I can't pay you right now. But one day, one day I will pay you. I will pay you Tuesday for a, remember that I'll pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Hold on. No, that's not it. That's not it. Sorry. They're just tuning up. This happens when they just when they tune up like this. OK, we're almost there. We're getting there. John, you guys ready? You ready? OK. Here we go. So this is our Friday evening film review segment. All right, John, thank you. I usually go too long to be played out, so I don't know if I'll be played out, but at least he plays me in. Depends how long I go. All right, so who's a horror film fan? Any hands? No? Anyway. Okay, Evil Dead Rise. Now, those of you may know the Evil Dead series, if you are a fan of the Evil Dead. Uh, Sam Raimi is the one who developed Evil Dead. There was Evil Dead... It was a very low-budget film. Then there was Evil Dead 2 with Bill C Campbell, who was more like a, uh, you know, a, a, a parody, you know, kind of a cult classic. And now, and now, there's Evil Dead Rise. And this is, if you, if you don't know the Evil Dead, remember, it's a, the film, the series where there's a lot of point-of-view shots. And usually you get the point-of-view of the evil being. You see, it's usually like a, it's like the, the point of view of the, of the evil entity that's going, that goes into people, that finds human hosts to go into. And they become kind of like obsessed, uh, uh, um, uh, possessed zombies, right? They kind of become like possessed zombies. So what we find in Evil Dead Rise is a family, a mother, mother and three kids, two girls and a boy, um, and her sister and the woman's sister the kid's aunt, and they come, they live in this big gothic looking <laughs> apartment building, really cool set design. And uh, the mother ends up getting uh, possessed by this evil entity. 
And so the mother they knew and loved is now a, a, a kind of a blood-sucking zombie. And the whole deal with this is, this is the rules when it comes to this. If the person who's possessed, if their blood mixes with your blood, you become possessed. In other words, if I stab my arm and I stab your arm with the same knife, you become possessed also. That's the rules of this game. So you want to prevent them from doing that kind of thing to you. Um, but that's the idea. That's how this evil being continues to exist by going from one host to the next. And an evil dead rise, it gives us this family that's dealing with the fact that their mother, who they love dearly, um, has been possessed by this. And little, you know, you can imagine others, it spreads to others in the family. Okay. Now, <laughs> what really makes this work is that the film is scary. And this is something that has been lost on many horror films. I think there are some really good horror films these days, but what you often have, and there's nothing wrong with this, are these directors who want to give, you know, uh, they, they, they work a lot on the screenplay and the acting and the character, and they want to say something, right? They want to say something. Even horror films want, want to say something. That's, that's all fine and good, but it's hard to find a horror film these days that actually scares you. And I got to tell you, this scared the shit out of me. Absolutely scared the shit out of me. I think the main reason why is because it takes this family unit and infects them. What, basically, one I won't give it away, but you can imagine, more than just a mother. And we watch this family unit, this very tight, loving family unit, disintegrate and being taken over by this incredible evil. And the film is shot wonderfully, frightening, really good use of the camera. Uh, we talk about a great set. Like I said, the building this family lives in, um, uh, it's, it's, it's a, like a gothic looking building. It's a broken down apartment building, kind of a shithole apartment building, like you might see in San Francisco or New York these days. But the family is infected by this thing as we watch them trying to prevent this infection from getting through all of them. It really preys on that whole idea of the family unit uh, being torn apart by this. And like I said, it's just a scary film and it works. It works. The scares are honest. It's not cheap scares, you know, like where a cat jumps into the scene or whatever it may be, or a door slams shut or, or you know, the, the refrigerator opens and there's something behind it. It's not that kind of stuff. It's really well done. And it's directed by Lee Cronin. So starring, uh, and also, uh, the great thing about this is, is that the actors are good, but they really get, they really get to ham it up once they're, inf once they're infected. It really works as far as the actors go, because the, the woman who plays the mother is just absolutely phenomenal. And of course she gets, uh, infected by this thing and becomes this very evil <laughs> being, which is no longer the children's mother, but instead uses that. It uses the, the motherly, um, uh, let's say a motherly caring for a family to, you know, to, to kind of fool children into believing maybe their mother is not infected. Maybe, maybe, you know, but the being is the evil being is just fooling with them by using these maternal instincts to try to fool everyone. So there's a lot of that going on and it really works well. And the acting is, is fantastic. And of course, like I say, it's scary. And to me, that's a rarity these days. Uh, so Evil Dead Rise, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, 
recommend it. Absolutely. Okay, the second film is called Sisu. S-I-S-U. Okay. And we're told this takes place in 1944, towards the end of World War II, right? And we have a Finnish guy in the, in the Finnish countryside, an ex-Finnish soldier uh, in the countryside who decides it's 1944 and he's tired of the war and he wants to just go live on his own, do his own thing and dig for gold, be a gold, you know, with the pan and all that. And so we find the beginning of the film, it's done in five chapters, kind of Quentin Tarantino style. And we find early in the film, he discovers all of this gold in the Finnish countryside and in the Lapland wilderness is what it is. The Lapland wilderness. Lapland. Okay, that's what it is. The Lapland wilderness. Anyway, it's the countryside. Okay, it's the rural countryside. And uh, he wants to just get this gold and he wants to get to a, a bank and get money for it and live a good life. And we want to just leave the war behind him. As the film goes on, we find out more and more about him, that he was this incredible mythic type soldier who killed over 300 Russian soldiers and is kind of indestructible, almost like a, uh, uh, a supernatural entity. But he's actually a real person, but he's indestructible. I want you to think, if you can think about this, a first blood with Stallone meeting Mad Max with a little hint of Quentin Tarantino in there. That's what this film is. It's basically First Blood meets Mad Max with a little hint of Quentin Tarantino. But the film, it has the barest bone of plots. It's basically this man who fights Nazis. The Nazis come and they try to take away his gold. Once they find the Nazis with their tanks roll into the countryside and they find him wandering on his horse and they know he's got gold and they want to, they basically want to steal the gold and kill him. However, in First Blood style, <laughs> things don't go so well for the army of Nazis. Basically, we have a man who <laughs> uh, has incredible powers of, of uh, <laughs> superhuman powers, <laughs> cannot be killed or destroyed. Things that happen to this guy. I mean, he's shot, he's stabbed, he's punched, he's hung, yet he survives all of it and, and basically decimates uh, – Nazis. The film is basically giving us a uh, anti-hero in, C in this in this man and Nazis, and basically it's a film about destroying, killing, dismembering, annihilating Nazis. <laughs> so it's it's very simple. It's very simple. He's got the gold. They want it. He's not going to let him have it. <laughs> He's going to kill them all on his way to get his money. So it's like I say. Once again, just like First Blood, just like Mad Max, it's very singular in its vision, right? It's very singular in its vision. You get this guy who's incredibly, almost comically, laughably indestructible, destroying, you know, tens of Nazis, mostly on his own. Also, as the film goes along, we find with the help of some girls who are taken hostage by these Nazis, prisoners of these Nazis who help him on the way. But we, as the film goes along, the great thing is we learn a little bit more and more about this mythic man, this mystic man, mythic, mythical creature who is known by the Finnish army as being this indestructible force who cannot be controlled, who's taken out all of these Russians and now takes out all of these Nazis. So if you like that kind of thing, which I have to admit I got into, this whole idea of this man 
just indestructible, taking on and killing evil Nazi scum who want his gold, who get in his way. Uh, it's it's incredible. Once again, another film that's really well shot. Great cinematography. Uh, the performance by the man who plays uh, his 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 name is Atami. He's Jean Matimala. I've never seen him before. Finnish actor. Most of them are Finnish actors. Uh, not only a great, uh, I guess you might call him in a way anti-hero, Jean Matimala, but also great villains, great Nazis like Askel Henne, who plays Bruno, the head Nazi. Fantastic. So what you have, what you need in these films, not only you need a great hero or anti-hero, however you might want to see this guy, but also really great villains, really great Nazi villains. And you have them, especially the, the, the lead Nazi. Fantastic. So uh, once again, also incredibly graphic, gory. I should make that point about Evil Dead Rise too. Evil Dead Rise uses more fake blood, more movie blood than I've ever seen in my life. I should have gotten into the movie blood business because it's got to be a big money maker. Buckets and buckets of blood. And Sisu is very violent in a different way. Not necessarily buckets of blood, but just incredibly graphic carnage of Nazis being blown up and destroyed. Uh, but I really appreciated that singular vision and in this case, that really stripped down, very simple, bare bones plot works. So I recommend this film too. You basically have a great horror film and a great action film uh, in the same weekend with in uh, Evil Dead Rise and Sisu S I S U. Uh, and by the way, I should mention the lead actor. When I yes, basically, if you no dialogue, no dialogue. And he does a great job. It's not so easy having no dialogue. A lot of it's done with his ex expressions and his physicality. No dialogue until the end of the film, the last scene. Um, Sisu, S-I-S-U, okay? Directed by Jalmari Hellander. So two films to see, Evil Dead Rise and Sisu. And John, John, would you play me out? Would you play me out? Just write it down. I'll... You know, I'll pay you one day. Go ahead. Okay, John Williams is going to play me out. Great, thank you. Thank you, John. Thanks. All right, guys. Have a good night. See you next Friday. How nice. How nice. All right. So we we're through another week. We're through another week. Right. We made it. We made it to the weekend. I hope everyone has a great weekend. Seriously, have a really good weekend and take a deep breath and, and enjoy life. Don't think about the bad things all the time. See a couple of movies. All right. But I want to remind everyone that this show is titled and let's be heard. And it airs weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern time, which means I'll see you on Monday night. All right. But until then, this is Micah Chopley reminding you that your influence counts. Use it. <laughs> <laughs>